How about now? There we go. Cool. We're always in need of a reminder. So just a reminder about the love that God has for each and every one of us because he created us. It's hard to fathom because he's a righteous God and he, we're supposed to follow him. We're supposed to follow his commands, his direction. There's right and wrong and all that, but he, he does love us. And so to stay in that, because I come up here and I'm aware of a couple things, okay, this might surprise you. So if we haven't met yet, my name's Will and I'm the pastor here. Uh, let me let you in on a little secret. Sometimes I misspeak. Sometimes I get grumpy. Or confused. Or confused, yes, yes, thank you. Someone else going to add to it? Okay. Sometimes I smell kind of weird, whatever, you know. I'm far from perfect, however, I'm up here because I know in my heart that God's asked me to do this. And so today, two things. One, we're going to finish our study. We've been in 1 John. I don't know how long now. It's been a while. We've been taking our time, and I'm loving it. And the cool thing about 1 John is, just so that you know to set the tone, I mean, imagine this. He's writing a letter to Christians, and we're at the point in time where a lot of the people that are reading this letter never actually walked with Jesus. It's, there's enough time. So they learned about Jesus from somebody else who walked, about, walked with Jesus, or, or they learned about Jesus from somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody who walked with Jesus. You see how that's a little different? So remember that telephone game, right? Uh, you know, starts with lemons are really round bananas in disguise, and pretty soon it says, I like marshmallow pies, right? And then so that's what happens. And so you see this, and, and John has in this letter called Christians to the truth. Like, don't forget the truth. Don't, don't get so far away from the truth and, and wash it down. And so as a role here, not only am I a teacher, but I am a pastor and a shepherd. So I have an opportunity today to talk to you from, from my heart, but also based on what, what I'm seeing. Um, so let's just, let's, uh, let me pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Father, I, I pray for your words and not mine. Uh, keep my emotions down unless you want them raised. Help me to hold my tongue when I need to and to speak boldly when I need to. But I pray everything that I would say uh, would be bring glory to you and be true. And I pray that every heart here, every ear, every mind would listen, Lord, in such a way that, that they would listen to you, whether it's true, and listen to you for what to do about it. I pray that it would help. I pray that it would help in a difficult time. And I trust you to do it, Lord, because you, you do time and time again. So show us how awesome you are today. Help us remind one another. Help us love one another. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. This will kind of give you where we're at. Okay, I can get excited about this part. 2 Timothy 3. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Are we there? Okay. Last days, guys, that's code in the Bible for what? What's the last days? Okay, prior to Jesus' second coming. But yeah, really, if you look at it, it's any time from when Jesus ascended, right? Because that day, until now, a couple thousand years, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And we don't know when. Is that fair? So everything... All the last days and the latter days, all that's referring to is what's been happening since Jesus has ascended to the throne. He's going to come back and set things right. Right? So in that time, what we're going to see, difficult times. You have them, the generation before you had them, the generation before them had them. And if it keeps tearing, the generation after you and after you and after you will also have this. And people will be lovers of self, which is what we talked about last week. We tend to... Uh, put ourselves, as Josh would say, on the pedestal. We, we tend to please and serve and care and are, and are concerned with ourself. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, right? Sound truth statements. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Right? We, uh, we're in an interesting time because of technology. And right now we're going on YouTube. So 
Maybe that's the, what's the saying, the pot calling the kettle black or whatever. So, but the danger is if you don't know me, if you don't see that I misspeak or smell kind of weird or get grumpy sometimes, then what, you, what I say to you, you think is absolutely true and you have no gauge in my life about whether I believe what I'm saying. So it's very simple for you to pick and choose the people that are saying what you like them to say. Right? I mean, you can take any opinion. You'll find it. So is that, is that happening? Okay. So this is, this is the pastoral heart of me. Let, let me just say this. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. You might ask, Will, why are you concerned? Dante, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, for the last three years in particular... I feel like most of the conversations that I have are absolutely nothing to do with God. And I'm concerned also because, like my heart for you, according to Hebrews, check this out. This is what this says. This is very unpopular. But it's, if you believe this is true, then we've got to look at, look at ourselves. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. It's talking about spiritual leaders here. And those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be no advantage to you. Derek, I hate throwing that out there, because that's some high standard. Wait, Lord, when I go and meet you, I'm accountable for this for Corey? His mom's been trying to cage him and keep him under control all these years, and like, how's that going? Man, jeez. But i got to keep watch over your soul. So I need to speak some truth to you today. And here's what I'm seeing. Just like John, we've got, I, I didn't walk with Jesus. I didn't. So just like John, he's talking, and I'm talking to people who weren't alive more than 2,000 years ago, walking on the journey with Jesus. What you know about him, you either read from the scripture, the Holy Spirit's revealed to you, or somebody else told you. Does that sound right? Okay. Is it, was it true, or were they duping you? Or were they just mistaken? Am I mistaken? Am I telling you wrong things? Like, how are you to know? That's a complicated answer. That's a whole other sermon, okay? But I will give you this. Let, let me show you what I'm seeing around me. Because we have this, like, probably the most angry political time of my lifetime. I mean, some of you guys have had longer lifetimes than me. More divided amongst people. And then this coronavirus thing has brought out the most ugly in people. And, like, really, the Christians, man, are we're failing miserably in this based on the biblical standards. So that, that concerns me, but here's what I see, and this is going to be really unpopular. Next week, come back. The church will be half the size. It'll be fun. Okay. What comes from the flesh and the focus of self is on this. Okay, it's these things. If you start focusing on yourself, if you start operating in the flesh, right, what's going to come out of you is these things. Hint, hint, hint. If this stuff is coming out from me, where is it coming from? The flesh, Right? which is ultimately under the influence of who? The devil, right? Satan. John just got done saying that. He goes, man, the world around you is under control of the evil one. So if you see this, if I have hostilities, if I'm jealous, if I have strife, if I have the outburst of anger, if I have selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, like that's not God at work. That's, but that's what I'm getting. This is what the people want me to preach, Corey. So, okay, let's take a step back. Okay, dial down, Will. Right, right, dial down. Let's, let's get the truth here. Little, a little reality reminder for us all. I needed this. This is what God's been showing me. And it's wrecking me, but saving me at the same time. Revelation 12. Grab your Bible, because I didn't put all the slides up here. Check out Revelations 12. Well, you're excited because we love revelations. Because you just want to talk about everything getting set right, which I do too. I love it. So in my Bible, 
the handy powers that be gave it a title. It says the woman and the dragon. So what's happening here is, so there's a, there's this woman clothed in sun and the moon under her feet. And she was pregnant and she was crying out and she was giving birth. And then a great dragon with seven heads and ten horns. And its tail swept the third of the stars from the heaven and cast them to the earth. So basically this dragon is trying to stop this lady from having a baby. Okay, what does it mean? That's, that's a whole like sermon series there. But here's where we get to this. But then she gives birth to a male child, it says. And then, but their child was caught up with God to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where, she play, where a place was prepared for her by God. Okay. Then what happens is this dragon, which is Satan, it says in verse 7, this war arose between the angels that were on God's side and all, and all those heavenly beings, right, that were on the dragon who's Satan's side. This war breaks out for control of what? Well, ultimately, the heavens. Because I think we forget that. God created, there's, there's beings, right? These angels that are in heaven that were created. I mean, it's not just us. There's this, the heavenly host, as they would call it. And there was this battle for them. And what happened is Satan was trying to overtake the heavenly kingdom. Ultimately, he was defeated and he was thrown down to earth. Now, there's a lot of debate. Is this something that's already happened? Or is this something that's going to happen? And you can have whichever opinion, and you can come up with reasons why. That's, that's cool. And that's not really the topic of my sermon, so permit me for saying, I tend to look at this and I say, check out verse 12 here. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, that you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Now, here's what I know. It could be, like a lot of things in Revelation, something that's already happened. Because maybe the woman was Mary, and maybe the baby was Jesus, and so that was their last hope to stop Jesus from coming to save mankind, and it didn't work. Or maybe this is something that's going to happen in the time of the final days and in the battle. But either way, that is what's going on. That's what's going on. And so I bring this to you, not that you, not, not, we're not doing the study of this, okay? This is not the classroom. What I want to tell you is this is what's going on. Poor earth. Poor earth. Because Satan is mad and he knows his time is short. Does anyone disagree with me that that's, that's true? He's angry. And then it says in verse 17, it says, then the dragon became furious with the woman because he couldn't stop what she was doing. And whether that happens in the future or already happened, I look at it and I say, wow, that kind of seems like that's what happened. So I'm going with that. But it says he was furious with the woman and he went off to make war with the rest of her offspring. Who's the rest of her offspring? Well, he answers right here on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Who's that? Right. Satan's mad. He's ticked. His time is short. His whole goal now, and he doesn't know how long. He's mad. He's come to make war on anyone who would try to step up and follow God. So I, I give that to you as a picture, and I think that goes really well with what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So I think it's important before we go on from this that we set the stage here a little bit. We live in the present darkness. We live in the present darkness. Maybe a third time for effect. We live in the present darkness. Does that sound about right? 
But the Bible tells us some things like this. The best that you and I could see, it's like in a mirror dimly. Like, it's blurry. The best, the smartest you can be, the most aware that you can be in your own is like, I can't see. I'm guessing. And the only answer to that, this is what Jesus, one of the things that Jesus came to do. He says in John 8, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So, Rick, what what I want to tell you here is, yeah, like John is saying, I want to echo what he's saying. This world is under the power of this present darkness. And we're all super confused. See, this is where we find ourselves, in the midst of a dark world which is under the control of the evil one. I know this is, this is not feeling good, but we're going to get there, okay? And this darkness is under the control of the evil one. And that evil one wants to destroy and devour you. That's not me. This is what the Bible says. So the Spirit of God is really your only hope to ever see anything clearly, And to have the darkness illuminated. All those things that are lies, the truth is shined on them. But here's the danger. We love this. Here's what I'm finding, guys, as I do this more and more, and I study the Bible more, and I walk with people more, is we just love absolutes, right? We love absolutes. We want, Jim, we want it to be, I was baptized when I was eight, and so it's like I'm in perpetual light my whole life. And now I always see clearly. I always know the right thing to do. I never make a mistake. That's what we want. Is that how it works? No. And you see that throughout the Bible. And these aren't like dark, evil people. These are people that God's called out and spoke with. But in moments of weakness, they take their eyes off of God. They use their own brain, looking through a glass that's all cloudy and cloggy like like the windows on my truck right now, right? You can't see, you don't know what's going on, you make a bad move. Because you never asked God, you never asked him to show you, you never asked him to illuminate the truth. And so it's not a Christian, non-Christian thing. See, because it's worse. Those who aren't following God, they're blinded. And so we're living in a world where blind people are guiding blind people through a dark maze full of traps that are trying to kill you and destroy you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hmm. So is that set the happy stage of kind of where we're at? Will, you're wrong. This is not where we're at. No, this is where we're at. This one I have no doubt about based on what's the scripture based on what I pray, based on, on uh, my time with God, and based on my time with you, I know that this is what's going on. So First John, John also told us this. He says, children, in the last hour, is that now? I'd say we're all in the last hours, right? And as you've heard, the Antichrist is coming. Ooh, we're perked up now because we love to talk about the Antichrist, right? This is fun. I saw that movie. I don't know which one, right? That's a great question. Okay, we heard that the Antichrist is coming. Yes, the Antichrist is coming, right? It's talked about in Revelation, actually, the next chapter, 13, that we'll get to. But he says this, So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Well, Will, why'd you bring that out there? Here's what I want to show you. Since the beginning... Whether Revelation 12 was talking about it or not, there was people, eternal beings, right, that weren't limited like you and I. Here, let's pick out a weird name for a demon. What would be a weird name? Balthazar. There you go. So, so Balthazar, right, he was there already before Adam and Eve. He saw that go down. He saw the Moses thing go down, right? He saw, uh, you know... He saw the the Egyptians, he saw Jacob, Isaac, he saw your parents, he saw World War II. I mean, these guys have been at work since the beginning. You see that? 
So the spirit that's at work has been at work and will continue to be at work until the end. So what John is trying to tell us is like, you're so focused on, is this the Antichrist? He says, beware. Plenty of Antichrists are here and have already come, those who oppose Christ. Now, they might not be that guy that's coming. But what's happening is the spirit at work then is at work now and will be in the work in the future. Does that make sense? The spirit at work then is at work now and will be at work in the future. This is the pattern of the way that things work. That's why you can read a story from history or a Bible character, you're like, I get that guy or I get that girl. Duh. Because we're kind of built a little bit the same way and we have the same temptations. The same pressure from the dark kingdom. Money, that's an old trick. They're still using it. Sex, old trick, still using it. Power, pride, fear, still using it. And Paul even talked about his present age in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the peace, or I'm sorry, the prince of the power of the air, that spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. So according to Paul at that time, those sons of disobedience were still operating under the spirit to deceive. Okay, is your mind melted yet? Back to Revelation. Revelation 13 talks about two beasts. And here's here's what it says about the first beast. This is in verse 5. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear... Let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Well, that's kind of riddle-like. So here's the understanding. Um, and I, I agree with with this interpretation of what's going on. Of course, these are much more well-studied and brainiac. And I'm not going to break down in this sermon. This isn't a study through Revelation. This is a heart plea. But I want to use the scripture that God revealed to Brandy and I as we really prayed about this. And that's this. There's a beast coming. And it is it actual, an actual beast, right? And it will be uh, very present and powerful and ending things. But I like what Josh said, and and we were talking about that too. And he says, you know, this power, this spirit, this darkness that's been at work, it has to stay present and working. Because even even Satan doesn't know when it's going to end. Because he's under control of Satan. So that power to bring forth this Antichrist is at work now. And it's waiting for the time when it can get to this kind of power. Really, what's represented by the first beast here, guys, is, is the kingdoms, earthly kingdoms, spiritual, religious kingdoms. And so what I'm presenting to you is we're stuck in a world, so was your grandparents, your grandparents before them, with the kingdoms of this world, the religious organizations and kingdoms of this word, world jockeying for power. And in doing that, they have shoved aside the one true kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And I think this is important for living in our age and our time. So the first beast, these earthly kingdoms, it says that they utter words or messages that minimize or go against God. 
uh, disregard him and make little of his will and power or deny him all together. Kingdom is given rule over people, even Christians. It's rule and power allow it to persecute, harm, and even kill people, even Christians. And those who are not putting their faith in Christ will get caught up putting their faith in these kingdoms. Okay, so think about that for a second. I believe this. I believe the same power that's at work in elevating this final kingdom is at work and has been at work. Because if I look at this, I see this happening again and again. Right, Randy? Think about history, man. Tell me somebody who was doing this. Put you on this. Stalin, Hitler, Assyrians, Babylonians, Egypt. Now, what's different is if you look at this, this is a worldwide thing. And most of these people only were regions. So, so what I would say is they were in charge of, of governments, right? You even look at like Nazi, that's a more recent one. I mean, the people carried out evil in the name of Germany. So I would say Germany was acting as one of these beast-like kingdoms. Assyrians, Babylonians, right? The Crusades, the blending of the church and the monarchies. It's happened over time. It even happened with the Israelites. Think of King Saul. If you look at that in the Old Testament, the people are like, we need a king. We need a government. And God kept telling them, like, guys, I am your king. But they didn't care. He says, you don't want that because once you do that, you're going to spend so much energy serving this king, it's going to be a restriction from serving me. And that's what's been happening ever since. Okay, you uncomfortable yet? What's currently, depending on where you live, what kingdoms might you see rising up right now that have forsaken God altogether and have considered themselves sovereign? What's that? China, Russia, America. Yeah, I said that one. Afghanistan. Now, the difference is all those people aren't controlling the whole world. So are we at Revelation 13 yet? Uh, That's for your opinion. That's not what I'm going to present to you today. What I'm presenting to you today is this is at play in the world around us. It has been. It was in your grandparents' world, and it was in their grandparents' world, and and if it tarries on, it'll be in your grandkids' world. And this is what I'm seeing go on. Because you think about that. Let's take this back home instead of just trashing everyone else. Okay, America, right? Could we be acting this way? I mean, I would say, I would say there's a lot of reasons why America was formed, but... It wouldn't have happened without God protecting us and blessing us, right? The way that all went down, if you read in the history books, that does not make sense. It's not logical. It's not reasonable. The numbers, the finances shouldn't have worked out like that, but for God. But since then, we completely have disregarded him as people. Even the Christians, we don't act like Christians. I mean, what do you think the statistic is for the amount of people in America that say God is, they believe in God? I mean, it's a big majority, but a small minority actually acts like they do. So, here's what happens in those kingdoms. And what I want to tell you is when you look at this, remember when this happens, God will not be surprised. I know it sounds silly. It sounds silly when you see this happen in these kingdoms that take rule. God's not surprised. He's not taken off guard. He doesn't say, oh, dang, I let that one slip. No, nothing like that. He doesn't fire one of his executive secretary or anything like that. This must happen for God's plan to be carried out. And it blows my mind. I I can't even understand it, guys. I can't. I can't understand it. I am limited in how I can understand and see. But somehow, even though we have all these choices, God of the universe knows what's going to happen. He's already wrote about it. (laughs) 
And then here's what he says. This is the Christian view. If anyone's taken into cap- captivity, to captivity he goes. Who's that sound like? Yeah, but who else? Who else? Who's the guy we're supposed to be following? Jesus. Yeah, good church answer, right? Let's try that again. Who's that sound like? Jesus. Did he fight them when they took him into captivity? Did he deserve what happened to him? No. Could he have called down lightning from heaven and burnt all of them to a crisp? Could he even have probably just made them like some sort of sci-fi melt or something? He could have done anything he wanted. But in the captivity, he went. If anyone would be slain by the sword, with the sword, he must be slain. That, that kind of sounds like him. You know, Paul, he let them cut his head off. You know, Peter, he's like, when he went to get crucified, he goes, that's not even good enough. Do it upside down, because I don't deserve what Jesus got. And then it ends like this. Here's a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Okay, now let me take you to the second beast. And then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. So the first beast was rising out of the sea. Second beast rising out of the earth. It exercises all authority of the first beast and its presence. It makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. Right? It's trying to fake like Jesus. It had a mortal wound which healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in, in, the, in the presence of the beast, it deceives all those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Okay, now this one's not me, right? I'm telling you, I think the, the beastly kingdoms of the world have been at work throughout all the last days. But Paul himself told us, right, that, that these antichrists have been at work since the last days. And that's what we mentioned a lot of them, right? The, the antichrist, the false prophets, the false leaders, what they do is they exercise authority over kingdoms. They lead people to worship attention or devotion to these kingdoms, and they perform great signs to gain people's trust. They make idols or symbols or things to stir up false hope in order to draw attention to these kingdoms. Okay. So throughout history, we've seen the same spirits that will drive the first and second beasts from Revelation 13 at work in false teachers, leaders, and prophets, as well as beast-like kingdoms and systems in power around the world and throughout time. So you, you get the way that this works, right? The pharaoh of Egypt was, was getting uh, worship, right, as, as relation to the deity, and everything was about Egypt, the kingdom. Okay? You know, Hitler was the one spreading a false message, getting worship and devotion to Germany. Nebuchadnezzar, right? Like, build the statue, right? This is what's happening throughout time. Have I lost you? Are we still dancing together on this? Even if you think I'm dancing weird, just hang in here with me. Okay. Let me ask you this now. What I'm presenting to you, this is, this is my presentation to you based on what I'm seeing in the scripture and what the Lord's revealing to me in prayer. Do you see this too? I mean, I ask you that. Do you see this too? Amen. Do you see the earthly kingdoms? Do you, what's that? Not as as yeah. Do you see the false teachers? Yes. Spiritual leaders? Okay, what about those, those people? Some, right? It's subtle. It really is. So here's where I want to bring it home, okay? This is what's, where it's going to become super uh, unpopular, what I'm about to say to you. I'm an American and a Christian. God created me and put me on earth in this time, in this place, and even in this city, and he hasn't let me get very far. I was, you know, born like 10 miles from here. Okay. I know, because of my age, I never fought in a war. Other than pay taxes, I haven't done anything for America, to tell you the truth. Okay. So I understand this. 
With a pastor's heart, I understand the passion that some people have for their country. And I respect that a great deal. But what I need to tell you is when it comes to life with God, there's God's way, right? And then there's our way. And everything that we take part in becomes a limitation. Because if you and I had nothing else to do on this earth other than just worship God, we could do that real quick, choose Him, die, and go be with Him. But we're all called to do things. We're living out life together, right? We're doing, some of you guys are, are, are uh, married, so you have a spouse, that you're accountable to. And that becomes kind of a limitation in a way, not in a bad way, to what you could do for the kingdom of God. Right? You're an American, so you have the citizenship requirements. That's a limitation from what you can do to God. You're a, if you're a father or a mother, there's certain limitation that's put on to you. Is that fair to say? Not in a negative way, it's just what it is. So what I'm talking to is, for the most part, a group of Americans and Christians. And here's what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is no one's being honest about both roles that you play. Um, Now, if I was to present to you that that I think we're in danger of being a beastly kingdom as America, and I have some opinions for that, but that's really not for now, based on what I've seen. But if I'm to present that to you, uh, it's kind of hard to know what we do about that. Um, and I think a lot of you would probably say, what, you'd probably, what I would hear from people is they would say, well, we have two parties in our, in our government system, right? It was created at first that you'd be the school teacher and you would go serve in the government, part-time come home, be a school teacher. Those days are gone. We're governed by professional politicians, and they're arguing with one another. And both of them are playing the Christian card, like God bless America and God we trust. And I don't mean to demean either one of them. It's marketing. They know who their audience is. They know who their audience is. Example, someone sent me a prayer. Oh, man, Trump, he did this prayer. We Googled it. Biden did the same. Or, I mean, uh, Obama did the same prayer like three years before. It was like the same place. And everyone's like, oh, what a holy man. You guys are getting played. Okay, let me pull back the emotion on that one. Okay. So, what I want to say to you is this. What I'm seeing is we've lost track, okay, of God and his kingdom. So, when Paul was a Roman citizen, that wasn't the most important thing for him. Although, he was proud of his Roman citizenship. Right? You can see that in his writing. And God used that with his ability to to navigate in Rome, right, and appeal to authorities, appeal to Caesar, because of his citizenship. But ultimately, he knew that at the end, when it was all said and done, his citizenship was in heaven. But I'm telling you guys, we got to get back to that. Because as a nation, we've got out out of pattern with that. I really hope that this whole country turns around. But for most people, what I'm getting is this. I'm getting this. Okay, I I like this political party because they agree with me, and I don't like this one. And if this political party gets control of the beast, number one, as beast number two, they're going to put us in the tank. And I'm so angry about it. So here's what I want to say as a pastor. Like, I want you to understand certain things, okay? Being an American means this. Don't tell me what to do. Right? It does. I have freedom. Don't tread on me. Don't tell me what to do. Small government, right? Freedom. Right? Americans, what? Like, I love guns, you know? Americans, I love guns. Uh, Voting. I'm proud of that, and I don't mean to demean all of that. I love the fact that you guys didn't get arrested when you came here this morning. That is awesome. And I love the fact that God's calling out Christians who are also Americans to serve in the military, to serve in like local government, state government, and federal government. And by all means, we need to do that. But that's because we're Americans. The rub here, my friends, is this that I have to kind of point you to. This is where I have to share my heart. 
America says this, don't tell me what to do. Jesus says, you follow me, you're a servant to everyone. Do you see how that rubs a little bit? Wait, Will, you're saying you roll over. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people are angry about what's going on, and they're acting in such not a Christian way in favor of being an American way. And what's, what's happening, if, if you can see it like what God showed me, is if our nation is beginning to forsake God and say, no, God's not in our schools, go, you can't talk about God anywhere. If that's what's happening nationwide... Um, they're acting beastly. Okay? And then what's happening is there's two groups fighting over who gets to control the beast, who gets to ride the beast. And so you've got a good group of, of believers that are, are filling their head, honestly, with information from what I would call false teachers. Because what they're promoting is actually the elevation of America, not the elevation of God. Do you see the difference? Now, you can, you can be someone promoting your country, but that's not the same as someone promoting God. And I take this seriously because I think what I'm seeing is this. In this nation, you're like, I'm a Christian. Don't tell me to wear a mask. Like yelling at 16-year-olds. Yelling at 16-year-olds. Like, what is Christian about that? Nothing is Christian about that. Well, well, do you mean I should just put my mask on everywhere? No, you're an American, right? Don't forget about that. You just don't go into that fast food restaurant. Right? If you get to vote about it, you say no masks. If your employer wants you to wear a mask and you're against it, then you go to them as a Christian. You're like, I can't wear it, so either let me go and pay me a severance or give me some kind of exemption. Right? The American says, I'm not getting your stupid vaccine. The Christian says, I mean, whatever. But the Christian attitude is like, I'm bulletproof. What's the worst you can do to me? Kill my body? But that's not what's happening. You see, I'm going to get fired up with this stuff. Because this is, this is it. I think if Jesus came here today, oh, man, who he'd be pissed at is not the dark and lost in the world. It would be this fake stuff Christian crap that's going on. Like, love America, man. Be a politician if you want. That's where God's calling you. But put that where it's at. Put it where it's at. Just like Paul was a Roman citizen. Vote. I vote every election, and I will. And I'll, but tell, I'll tell you what. When they come in, and if they tried to keep me from worshiping God, that's a whole different thing. But you asked me to put a mask on. Come on. For the love of God. Seriously. Because now the 16-year-old over at Payway or whatever is never going to love God because everyone who's a Christian did that. Right? Do you see that? And this is what I'm talking about all day with people. It's not about God or his goodness. Because in the end, it all burns. America and everything. It's fire. It's not global warming. It's fire. We don't read our Bible. We're believing what other people told us, guys. Man. God bless America. I hope it keeps going. I hope it turns around. But it's just the kingdom. And we're in danger because even the Christians are elevating it above God. Of course, the people who don't believe elevate it. It's the only hope they have. You know, the Egyptians thought they were going to go on forever, and the Assyrians thought they'd go on forever, and the Greeks thought they'd go on forever. And England thought the king and queen would own the whole world. Napoleon, every, every one of those thought they would, and then their time ended, and they became two pages in your history book. You, here's what's exciting. You have something so much bigger. So much bigger. But I can't even necessarily trash on you because what I just said earlier, the spirit that's at work now, it's fooling all of us, man. You know how you know? It's because everyone's so angry about it. You should see how angry people get at me when I talk like this. Holy cow. Remember what Jesus said to Peter when he tried to stop him from doing the thing he was supposed to do? He said, get behind me, Satan. And I see why he said it. Because I feel like saying that to some people. Like, I'm like, holy cow. That's very Galatians 5 of you. Right? 
Something's at work here. Something, if you feel like I'm trashing on you, I'm trashing on like 30 of you, so you're not alone, okay? But here's what I want. I want it to change for you. I want it to change for you. I don't want you to watch every day somebody talking about how America needs to be saved so that God can be saved. It's just not the same thing. It's just not the same thing. And we can't give the world hope if all we can give them is a country. You can't have hope if all we can give you is a country. Because the culture is the people. And the people, even the ones that are supposed to know about God. Like, we should be the salt of the earth. This, this meat of America should be so salty, right? But it's not because we don't have salt. We have YouTube. And angry people saying, ah, oh, look at this. America's back. Jesus never left. And so we can have hope and we can love our country and we can serve, but we've got to do it as Christians. So, Will, what do we do? Because I think when I talk to people, everyone thinks, well, you're saying be passive. I'm not God. I am not God. What I'm telling you is what we're doing is not Christian. What's happened is the Christians seem to be more angry about what's going on in the world and they treat each other with less love. When our God left us with this command that we should be loving and have joy. And we seem hopeless and angry and bitter. And that's what we're giving everyone. And then we're like, you know what's better? You can spend every Sunday with us and give us your money. And they're not filling the sanctuaries. I don't know why. It's easy for a 40-year-old to say, get the vaccine. No. What's God asking you to do? What's love leading you to do? Will you follow God in that? Well, what about the math? Okay. What's God asking you to do? What's he leading you to do? Oh, vote for this. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I, if it's just me and my wife, I want to do this like Jesus would. To the best of my ability. Does that make sense? Have you seen this too? Because if you just take a step back, you know what I'm seeing is I'm seeing like, oh man, like the issues, right? It's, they're arguing about political parties when, when ultimately both of them just want to get rich and powerful. Did you know YouTube's monetized? People are getting rich off of that. You are the product. You are the product. So if you find yourself in these situations, you're like, what would an American who's a Christian do? What would an American who's a Christian do? Well, can't you spell? I can't necessarily. I just, I just can't. You're not following me. You're following Jesus. But here's what I know. Here's what Revelation tells us. Now, I'm not saying that this is what we're facing is the exact Revelation 13 end times. But here's what it says. If anyone is to be taken captive... To captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. So that's actually something that's going to happen. Um, I would paraphrase that. Expect to be a little uncomfortable sometimes. The world probably won't get you. It won't. It won't see things the way that you see them. It won't necessarily agree with you. People will, will come against you. That's what Jesus warned us. People have gotten away from that, you know? What we are is really counter-cultural. And we're offered two cultures and we're trying to choose one when Jesus is like, no, I told you, you're, you're counter-cultural. You're one of my children. You're going to do things different and look a little weird. But here's, here's the, here it is, okay? This is the gem that God showed me. Here is the call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Hmm. Well, I don't get it. Listen to this. 
Is it frustrating? I mean, is it to see where the world is? Yeah. I mean, so many things are frustrating. I mean, the world, our country, pandemics, fighting, the fact that the world praises being young, but no one's the right age. Doesn't that kind of suck? Your body starts failing. Like, one day you were too young. On a Tuesday, you went to sleep. You woke up. You're too old the next day. I don't know how that happens. Right? It doesn't matter how amazing that guy is or that girl is. Once you marry them, you realize how amazing they're not. Right? You do a good job raising your kids, and then they leave you. Tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes. It's just enough to drive you nuts. Car accidents. You want to eat healthy, so then you go get vegetables that someone's selfishness put toxins on there. Your food's full of corn. It's making you fat. Coffee might be killing you or saving your life. I don't know. Maybe you need some CBD oil. Meat, it's bad for you. It's good for you. Orange juice is giving you cancer. It's giving you life. Milk, that's poison. That's toxic. Holy cow! It's maddening. No wonder he says, Corey, we've got to endure it. And that's what Paul talked about. It's like, oh, we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, so that we can live as Americans and Christians. And that sometimes we're going to be put in uncomfortable spots. And when we see the world going chaotic around us, we don't simply grab our sword and go for the ear. We do what Jesus did. When Jesus knew that he was about to be arrested and killed, in favor of fear, in favor of the beast of the Roman Empire, for the pride of Pilate, for the glory of Caesar, that he would be killed as an innocent man. What did he do, Corey? He went to a garden and he prayed. He prayed. Prayed. What should we do? What's the best weapon we have? Prayer. We can do something. Oh, Will, I hate what's happening in the world around me. I get it. But that's anger. Okay, set it down. Flesh, like dial down, Lord, take this. Take this, because in the end, when we look back, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be silly, right? It's kind of like your haircut from high school. You look at the, oh, that was ridiculous, right? You look back, and you kind of laugh, right? In the time, it was a huge deal, uh, but now not such a big deal. It's going to be like that. Like, Jesus is in control. He's going to work this out. Either he's going to make America better, he's going to make it, like, He's going to destroy it, or it's going to be subtly awful for a long time. Either way, it's going to be fine, because your hope's not in that. Or someone else is going to take over, and they're going to rule you, and then they might actually say, you've got to close the church, and we'll just meet at my house. Okay? It'll be fun. We will be okay, because we're with God. Like, this is extremely exciting. So even though we endure it, we look to Jesus, who's the perfecter of our faith. This is not a negative trash on you. Sometimes we just got to shut down all the noise. To say, wow, you are engaged in a world of sorrow around you. Every day to your smartphone, to your TV that you weren't meant to do. You should be praising God that you live in Arizona. Right? Let's just, man, like no one stopped me on the way here. No one asked me to wear a mask. No one gave me a shot. No one stopped me. I went to the schools. The kids could know I was a pastor. We weren't teaching evil things. 
We didn't stick your kids with needles or chips or whatever they're telling you on the news. It didn't happen. We love the kids. I had real talks with them this last week. Like, God is at work. Darkness is here, but the light has come. And you and I are the bringers of the light. Right? This is good news. So here's what we can do. Pray. Like, get together and pray. Pray that God would bring leaders to change this country around. That'd be awesome. Pray that God would bring reform to things that we need to. Pray that God would get rid of this coronavirus. But I'm guessing he wants us to start acting differently about it before he does. Pray so you'll know what to do. Ask God, how will I act in this in, in light of I'm a Christian this limit, um, and the limitation of being an American while I'm being a Christian? How will I do that? How will I love my neighbor instead of hate them? Pray. Guys, if you happen to be open on, I'm going to give a flyer next week, on Thursday mornings, there's a group of us, guys, that are getting together. We play some music. So we, we just sit here. We get our chairs around, man. Pretty soon we're just everywhere, just praying to God, just bringing our hearts to him, listening. We, we praise him and we pray. And we do that from 10.30 to 11.30. If you're available, we'd love for you to come. That's something you can do. Because filling, filling your head with the YouTube and Facebook stuff about what's going on in the world is not helping. We can pray. So I want the worship team to come up, but let me just say this to you. That's just a lot of information, guys. But i got to be raw. I've got to shepherd you because I don't want you to be deceived because what I see happening is... Uh, we're playing right into the trap. That's what it is. The Christians are playing right into the trap. When God is so patient, he's so patient. Could you imagine him? He's watching all this go down. I can just picture, now, God? No, not yet, wait. Now, 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 right? Don't you feel that way? You're like, now, can you make this right? Can you show them this? Can you change this now, now, now? And God just smiles like, yes. It'll be okay. So instead of just talking about it, let's do it. I'm going to have them. We're going to play a couple songs. I'm going to start with just prayer just to kind of prime it. And like, like I said, man, hopefully you don't hear my heart wrong. I don't want to trash on your care for our country, but I've got to stand against Christians not acting like Christians. I just have to. I have to, because this is what I want to be part of. This is what God has put me on my heart. And if you, man, maybe you're fired up, go run for it. Go run for an office or something. I don't know how you're going to get $190 million to do it, but hey, go ahead and try to do it. Right? That's enough for me. Uh, Lord, I... I pray that in spite of the ranting, Lord, that you would speak to the hearts of people. What it is is we just can't be acting out of anger, Lord. We can't be putting our hope in things and people and kingdoms when all our hope should be in you. I'm so thankful for blessings. I, I mean, the internet has provided a lot of blessings and a lot of issues. America has done a lot of good and a lot of evil. I've done a lot of good and a lot of evil. Everyone here has done a lot of good and a lot of evil. So Lord, what I pray is that our hearts would turn. that we would turn to you, the Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, the man who, who suffered under a kingdom, suffered under religious powers and governmental powers. 
And Lord, I just ask that when we get angry, you would bring us to our knees, that you would drive us to our knees so that we would come before you as your sons and daughters, enduring in prayer all that's going on in the world. Lord, that we'd be a people that would rise up and we would just pray for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Be with us as we go out today, Lord. Everywhere that we go, we see the people, Lord, just resonate in us. Your love and your truth and your goodness, I pray in your name. Amen.